I'm Eric Dye. I'm Jeremy Smith. And I'm Phil Schneider. And you're listening to the 132nd Church Mag Podcast. I think that we will figure it out, but I think that we're going to probably make it extremely difficult for ourselves. I think that in the end, if only we could apply the wisdom and the knowledge of, of God's ways that we've had for over 2,000 years and just apply them in the 21st century world, we'd be doing what we're called to do. This week's podcast is brought to you by Church Mag Press. Church Mag Press has all kinds of great resources, ebooks, stock photos, and more. Check it out, churchmag.press. And while you're there, be sure to download the free whychristmas.com nativity pack, as well as the free Carols by Candlelight service booklet. That's churchmag.press. I wasn't available for this week's podcast, so I have no idea what Jeremy and Phil will be talking about. Your guess is as good as mine. If you'd like to join the conversation and ask us a question, use the CMagCast hashtag, email us directly at podcast at churchmag, or submit your own question by visiting churchmag forward slash riddle me this, and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode. Now, let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. I'm Phil Schneider, here with Jer- with uh, Jeremy Smith. Missing in action is uh, our fearless leader, Eric Dye. This is one of those um, adventures in comic books where the main character is somehow trapped at the edge of space, or he's fake dead, and um, everyone else carries on without him, and comic book sales you know drop significantly. And they bring the main character back. Basically, what I took from that is Eric's dead. <laughs> it's like when Eminem uh, said that uh, Dr. Dre was dead. You know? You remember that? Do you know, you're not big into hip-hop, are you? I am not, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> That's okay. That, that, uh, that example f- fell flat. So, <laughs> Well, anyway, um, so it's just me and Jeremy today. Uh, Eric is in the process of moving. There's some traveling involved and whatnot, and um, he couldn't... Uh, couldn't be on today, and we considered canceling. He said, well, why don't you two just go ahead and just do it without me? And it's basically like when your dad says, hey, why don't you go ahead and just take the nice car? Take your brother out to the mall, you know? And you think, the nice car? Dad's letting us drive the nice car? <laughs> and we're just hoping not to end up in the ditch. So, And that's where we might break things, but we don't care until we accidentally do it. Yeah, because in this instance, the uh, dad in the car analogy break down, because in our case, our dad's going to fix it all in post. So, <laughs> Fix it for us, daddy, please. Yeah, exactly. So um, this won't be a very long episode, probably, because uh, with only two people, there's only two, two opinions, there's not three, and um, if Jeremy and I talk too long, he will push me back off the mic, and there's no referee here with Eric. So, uh, we're going we're to talk today about social media, but not in a social media manager, tech team kind of way. Just the general principles of social media that you, as a church tech, can communicate to your people, one, via, via example, and then two, uh, maybe a little more explicitly in some sort of class or even in Sunday school. But let's talk about social media and how unsocial it is. Jeremy, have you seen anything online lately about how, um, example, can you give an example how unsocial social media can be? Sure. I think that... Oh. I think I talked about in one of my recent vlogs where my most, my biggest pet peeve in social media is when people are unauthentic. And so they're just putting their best foot forward, but they're putting only that piece forward or they are simply being completely disingenuous in that process where they say one thing, but then do another thing instead. That whole I'm not giving you my true self. And I think for me, that's a big deal on online. I mean, I am someone that 
has been known to be a little brazen and push back a couple of times and not necessarily 100% be politically correct. And if I didn't do that on social media, if I wasn't who I was and I was just kind of playing a role, that's kind of what I mean in that process. I think it's a, that's a very fair point. I, I've definitely seen that a lot. Do you think you've seen people go the other way and all they post online, um, rather than making themselves look better, all they post is their drama? Yes, but I also wonder how much of that's again disingenuous. No, no, I agree. I think I think it's just the it's just the the um, other side of the coin. It's the same issue. It's just the same the other extreme. So, I think that that's a big problem we have with uh, with people that they. they Why well, wrote an article about venting and spewing and people? You can't vent online. You're just because a vent is a controlled release of pressure um, discreetly, and what people do online is not venting. It's just they're just vomiting their rage and their bile. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I my experience, and I've been the person that grew up with Facebook. I got Facebook as a college student in the first year that it was available to all college students. Um, I've grown up with it through this whole process. And as I've done so, I have noticed for myself and for everybody else that I've interacted with, not everybody, but in a generalized sense that there is two different versions of you that you try to present. It's the, it's almost like the Baptist Christian where when you show up to church, it's the, how you guys doing? Everything's wonderful. Whereas three minutes before in the car, it was sit down in the car. What are you doing? I'm going to turn this car around. I'm not going to do this, but neither of those are, those worlds are interacting with themselves. And so it's just completely different. And I think very unhealthy. Yeah. It's you're, you're creating this little, um, mental schism. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that with social media, I think I think there's two there's two big issues. There. I think there's the issue of how you present yourself, obviously, and I think there's also the issue of uh, how you view and interact with the world. So the things you share necessarily are the things you like on Facebook or or the things you retweet on Twitter. I think sometimes that we, as Christians, let our um, Opinions about the world or politics, which those are varied. There's no like right way to be political as a Christian, um, but there are definitely wrong ways. And I've seen a lot lately of people's posting incredibly negative, even hateful things online. You know, under the banner of their their free speech rights. And I just want to say, you know, as a Christian, you you have no rights. You have responsibilities to God. Your rights are limited by Him. Yeah, I think that in. I I don't know how much of that is just people being inauthentic and how much of that's just people being dumb. And and I say that knowing that whenever I get super upset, whenever I'm in a situation like right now where my both my children got flu shots and my youngest is teething all four teeth at the same time, I've been super tired and wanting to get upset at people. But I don't do that, and sometimes I have been short. I think on the back channel I've been short with a couple of people. And so I think that that does play into it, but it gets a little bit murky at that point. Yeah, I think it could definitely play into it. But like when you see someone share a post, um, I, I can't give a good example here. I definitely want anyone to to find out who posted things on my feed but some of these posts about politics or about um 
like American society in general, and I apologize to our international listeners here for a minute, but some of these posts, it's not like, oh, you woke up, like you got four hours sleep because your kid's sick and you're grumpy. You're posting something that's, that's hateful, um, that's judging one whole segment of society arbitrarily. I mean, that's just that's just poor Christian witness, in my opinion. And I think I think the way I would describe it is that if if we're going to be the you know salt and light, which was a, a, a favorite analogy when I was in youth group, but you know that was the one that everyone used, salt and light. If we're going to be salt and light, if we're going to preserve this world, if we're going to flavor this world for God, if we're going to illuminate the truth, we have to do it on social media as well. And there's no distinction in my mind, right? Sure. I think the social media, and I've said this a couple of different times, a couple of different ways, but ultimately I think social media is the purest way to look into a person's heart because we do not filter enough from our brain to our fingertips. A lot of times when we are sitting in front of a person, we're afraid, how will they view me if I accidentally say something like that? But then when you remove that initial barrier from the, the interaction, we tend to say things we typically would not in person, which does not necessarily mean we're being more authentic. It just means we're being more brazen in that process. Yeah, I, I think... I guess, Jeremy, I'm sure you'd agree with me here. Authentic doesn't necessarily mean sharing. Um, this is going to be a tricky this bit of semantics here. But for Christian, for me to be the authentic me is the me Christ is making me into. You know, that's, that's, the, that's the truest me. Now, it doesn't mean that I, I fake myself online and I hide, um, I hide my everyday self, but I should strive for my everyday self to be more like my my Christ indwelt self. And too many people share things online that fit right along with their old their old man, you know, kind of life. Um, but uh, they, they, don't, they don't do nearly as much uh, to um, to share from the the, the, the Christ infused side. And if I can go on a little rant here, you know, sharing. Um, you know, one of those stupid, um, we just did a post on this on the website, sharing one of those stupid, you know, like for Jesus posts is not, it's not enough to call yourself a Christian. It's giving some sort of, you know, simple assent. It's not, it's not being a Christian. Being Christian is being Christ-like and um, being, um, being a Christian means that you are doing things that Christ would do. And I don't think Christ would call people out. He's not, Christ would not be uh, criticizing whole segments of the population because they use welfare or because they don't necessarily believe the way you believe. That's, um, that's a serious issue that we've got in the church where we are being critical and we're being negative and we're, we're making politics a, a spiritual issue when uh, our, our religion should influence our politics, but our politics should not be, should not override our, our religion. And our religion is one of, of love and grace and that's what I'm not seeing on social media so where does that fit as far as with um, social media because I think that that's just a good general life lesson period as opposed to us giving it a church tech twist yeah I, I think the the angle here is this, that when you're sharing on social media, you should be imparting. Um, you should be imparting the life that God has given you. And so if things you're sharing aren't life-giving, then my question for you, uh, Christian, is do you have God's life really in you? Are you, you can't impart what you don't have. You can't share what you're not experiencing. And that's the problem, I think, for most people is that we have divorced social media from our spiritual existence. 
and, it, and it, like you said before, we don't filter from our you know, our head to our finger. We're bypassing the spirit of God. Right. But is that a social media problem, or is that just a person problem? I think it's a person problem. It's, a, it's highlighted by social media because, like you said, this stuff doesn't necessarily happen face to face. Sure. And so uh, my fear is that as we go, as we become a more digital society, text to text versus face to face, this will be more of a more and more of a problem. So what I see more as the social media problem than anything is that the barrier of cultures is significantly less. And that's where I see things breaking down significantly is um, I'm in Podunk, Ohio. I can say whatever I want, whenever I want, because almost everybody just agrees with me. And if not, they just think, Oh, there's crazy Jeremy. And he's just saying his things again, but online, People are have a whole lot more attitude towards those different opinions, like the idea of me saying something about Black Lives Matters, me saying something about the fact that um, I do not like the way Italians think, since Eric is in Italy, at least for now, and and just making these comments or even going so far as talking about something like sexuality or um, what we believe as far as raising children in cultures around the world, every single person views something like that different. Like the idea of Thailand, we had a foreign exchange student from Thailand and in Thailand, if you raise your voice, you are considered to be one of the most rude people in the world. What does Americans like to do? Raise their voice. And even in social media, they raise their voice. And so I think that that's a, it's a tough way to interact online because I don't know how much social media approaches culture in a healthy way. I think that, I think that's a huge issue for us. I think it definitely is. I, I think there's, there's that issue, but I think there's also a converse issue, Jeremy, is that especially on Facebook, uh, it's easy to fall into a bubble. Like most of my Facebook friends, I'm not counting, you know, you guys on Church Mag or any kind of Church Mag readers who friended me. Most of my friends live in my local area. Now I've got some college friends who have moved all across the country. Um, and I've got some random friends across the country as well. But most of my friends on Facebook are in my community, which is kind of the, the, un, the unintentioned. It's Facebook, all Facebook does is extend your real life to cyberspace. You know, there's not like, it's not adding value per se. And so, what I see online is primarily the opinions of my of my community. It's a bubble, and my fear is that we just we have just basically moved our Christian bubble from uh, from church to Christian concerts to Facebook, and so which for which for Facebook is true. But then what happens when you get to a much more um, or a much less niche approach like Twitter or blogging or um, even YouTube and. Um, Instagram, what do you do in those situations where technically anybody can see what's going on, even if they're not your friends? I don't, well, that's a great question. I don't know because I, I don't think most, this is a, a super, super generalization here, okay? But based upon what I see in my feed, if those people moved on to a more open platform, they'd still be sharing the same thing. They don't care because it's it's part it's become part of who they are. And again, you're like you're right. That's the root issue. Social media is just exposing it, right? And so that at that point, do we address the fact that it's being a Christian thing, or is it a cultural thing, or how does that go about? Because is the person that says that um, raising your child a certain way 
is wrong or is it a cultural thing or is it a Christian thing? And I think that, I think that we as society are not necessarily, we have not experienced this at its fullest yet. And I think that we're going to have a lot of clashes over this. I think that if we were to really have a big issue in the future, it's probably going to be surprisingly social media based. Yeah, I, I agree. When I'm, and I always refer back to this book, looking in the future, but when I read the book, um, the novel Ready Player One, um, it wasn't social media per se. It was a virtual reality future, but it was there's a social media network built into it. I mean, everyone had a profile. Everyone was online. It's how you communicated. And then even when even looking at Kevin Kelly's book on the inevitable called the inevitable, uh, social media is. Um, I mean, it's, it is inevitable. Social media infusion into every aspect of life. It's it's not going away. It's only going to increase. And if we can't figure this out now, how to be Christians online, we are uh, going to be severely limiting the influence of, of, of the church in the future. And I think that we will figure it out, but I think that we're going to probably make it extremely difficult for ourselves. And that's what I'm worried about, especially for Americans who think that the world revolves around us and the the galaxy revolves around us and just to be kind of awoken to that process i mean it was like three years ago we realized that we were not actually the economic powerhouse that we thought because if china decided to lower prices on something then we go and crash and burn and this idea that christianity is just super suffering when in fact american christians are not actually suffering as much as we might think, at least within the U.S. And so there's just that disconnect in that process. Yep, totally agree. I think it's, uh, we have, well, like you said that three years ago we realized we're not the economic powerhouse. And I think we also, um, for Christians, we're realizing now we're not the, the, we have the cultural hegemonic power we used to have. And that loss of cultural influence is, is making has caused some people to, to cry out persecution. When in reality, it's just no. People, the the nuns are doing to us what we did to them for for centuries. So, what do we do about it? At least with social media and this issue with culture. I think that uh, as church techs, as church leaders, as Christians, we call out our our friends and our family who are. Um, or not just it's not that people aren't sharing the gospel online they may not be the best approach either but they're sharing things that are uh, in contradiction to the gospel and we have to lovingly correct those and say hey D, this looks really bad like I wrote a post a while back about um, um, viral hate and I shared some images I had seen in my feed from Christians and they're terrible vile things and there were Christians I don't have a relationship with much in real life enough to say to them hey you can't do this um but it, it, we need to be for those people in our church or, or under our influence or in our cares in some manner we need to be bold enough to say hey that looks terrible you look like you're a hate monger oh i'm not well you look that way because you just shared this thing but then too for culture i think it's it's actually could be a good thing because when you're in the minority you have you have more power in certain ways than, than the majority does, and you can you can do certain things. You can fly under the radar, and under the radar is not a bad place to be, uh, especially when backed up with the 21st century technology. Well, and I wonder. I guess I wonder if the the assumption in this should be that we do address it, or if we educate first, because I think that that's the big thing. If we look at some of the big movements in thought. 
it's not that people were just instantly won over in that process. I mean, simply looking at American culture and how we have grown in society, we could go the, I'm just going to butt heads with you routes, or we can go the route of, let me inform you why this is wrong, which takes a lot of time. And I guess I wonder what would be the appropriate process? Is it, I need to just butt heads with you or we probably should just try to educate you in this process. I think it's a mixture of education and walking alongside people. And that's where the American church has, has kind of come up short. We don't walk alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. We assume they'll figure it out on their own. And so I've got like, in the, in my mind, I have some examples of people who do this stuff online and they're all in their 50s or 60s and have been Christians for three decades, longer than I've been alive. And they're the worst offenders because they were never walked with. They were just say, hey, you're a Christian. Be a, be a moral person. Get out there and just be moral. And in the, and in the, in the intervening years for them, moral has almost always become be conservative Republican and, you know, this and that and this and that. And they've merged politics and civic morality with Christianity. And so now they're operating from that mindset and that's what's hurting their witness. Well, and then you have the generational thing of, well, you're just being a millennial. You're just trying to love everyone when in fact you don't need to like find some kind of foundational belief in yourself and stop trying to do something that's not Christian. In essence is what I've heard people say towards me being a millennial. And I think that that gets in the way of things as well. I, I worry about the educational piece only because sometimes people are really bad at being taught and you can't really teach someone that doesn't want to hear and so they're going to continue down that process. If it was a Christian church, you would excommunicate them from the church because of their lack of commitment to make that change for yourself. But you can't do that on social media. You can unfollow them, but ooh, who cares? And you can try and address some of the stuff, but you can't follow unless you're going to stalk them. You can't address everything. And people do not see what you post when they see what the other person posts. And so it's a fragmented system, at least at this point. Yeah. And I, th- I think I get your point about education and that might be where it's church, church texts. We need to be um, both um, leaders by example, but also leaders by uh, informing the leadership of our church and starting from the top down and saying, Hey pastor, here's some things I've noticed online and here's some, some examples or some thoughts. And I, I don't know how, but I'd like to help you address this with people. Mm-hmm. That's where I think as church techs, we need to be, we need to serve our church and serve our pastors well by helping them identify and solve problems that we might be more equipped to handle. Absolutely. I think that it's going to take a lot more thinking in this process of what's best. What's like, what's the next best steps? And I, I don't think that we have the answers right now. Um, I think part of it just needs to be fleshed out in how society starts to engage with that process. I don't know. I'm not, I guess I'm not 100% sold on what could be. 
I'm, I'm always a person that hates trying to predict the future. You have those people that say, this is what social media is going to be in the next year. And then all they do is predict the things that have actually just been happening in December. And it's like, you guys are morons. What are you doing? Or the other side of things where they just predict these outlandish things for the sake of predicting outlandish things because they hope that that's what's going to be. And so America, humans in general are just terrible, but I can only speak really to the American part of it. Americans are terrible at predicting the future. And yeah, we try so hard all the time with stock market and with trading and with real estates and with even our own children. And it almost seems like we're just kind of spinning our wheels, hoping we get to the next great thing that's happening. It does. I think that in the end, we're just going, we have to, we, I'm sure we've said this on here a million times. We have to, um, if only we could apply the wisdom and the knowledge of, of God's ways that we've had for over 2,000 years and just apply them in the 21st century world, we'd be doing what we're called to do. But the problem is we're constantly searching for new methods, new strategies, like you said. We're not applying, you know, what God's already given us. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag Podcast by visiting Church Mag. You'll find the link on the main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while reading Church Mag, send us a message. You can also subscribe to the Church Mag Podcast so you can receive an early release of the show every Friday. Until next week. I'm seeing, le- I'm seeing levels on my side. Can you talk? Testing, 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 testing. Can you turn down your mic a little bit? You're kind of clipping. Mm-hmm. Testing, 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 testing. That should be fine. In the end, we're going to make Eric fix it in post. <laughs> the Church Mag Podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com.
yeah, I played the whole thing. You're welcome.